anyway, whatever the conversation they had, it was basically like they were afraid that characters would be written in such a way as to get into conflicts for the sake. It's called a movie. That's what they do. That 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 I, is that I, is that is how movies. That, that is that is how you know. Go back to Plato and read his uh, in Principia Dramatica, and I'm pretty sure it's like, ah, eh, make the characters argue about stuff. You know, they're not real. They're not gonna hurt their feelings. You know, I'm pretty sure Marvel's success is entirely predicated on all the characters sitting around and drinking tea for 24 pages at a time, <laughs> holding, and then they hold hands. Yes. Sam, you would not read it an issue of the Avengers where they just drank tea all issue. Don't lie to me. One uh, way or another, I mean, well, who's writing that issue? Is it steeped in the uh, in the history of the franchise? Steeped. Steeped. Oh, I apologize. Pun hell. Uh, Fifth circle, oh. right next to the ten-inch pianists. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside, a show that, well, wants to know if you saw that ludicrous display last night. <laughs> I didn't. I I was watching Scandal. Scandal some... But uh, people seem to enjoy the show. Everyone seemed to be very excited. Um, I, don't, I didn't see anyone reporting on ridiculous racism when uh, Adina Menzel did the national anthem. Which, I don't know, I feel a little disappointed, and that's wrong of me. What? Okay, so the national anthem was sung Did by... Did she do something? She, she sang the American national anthem, and she has a Spanish name, so I just assumed there would be this outpouring of the hate of the darned Mexicans who, stole, who took her gerbs. And I did not see uh, okay. anyone pointing that out, so I guess, I don't know. I, I don't know what went, what happened there. Damn it, America! Not being quite as racist well, as let's I just thought. Grateful. They well now she started in Frozen, so everyone assumes she's white. That is true. Yes, there we go. Uh, so I'm Scott. I'm Justin, and uh, we're here to talk about some stuff and be entertaining and informative or something. But before we do that, we have pick. Oh, I can't handle that pressure. Well, I mean, it's not much pressure. We don't we don't set a high bar here. <laughs> But before we do that, let's... Try not to be too annoying, Justin. <laughs> uh, let's do pick of the week, where we have a thing of the week, and you pick it, and it's Justin going first. Ah, you devious bastard. I completely forgot about this. So I'm going to go with what I actually watched last night, which was the spring season premiere of Scandal. Uh, Scandal is one of my favorite shows on the TV, and everyone needs to watch it because uh, Sean Division is love, and I'm uh, Carrie Washington is my TV girlfriend. Boom. Well, there you go. Scott, what's your pick of this week? I'm going with uh, Skull Kickers, little little indie comic. 
by <laughs> some guy named Jim. Are you Zub. seriously saying it's indie? Uh, or is that supposed to be the joke? Honestly, they're all indie-ish. indie-ish. <laughs> you know what? They are all indie. They are all indie. It just so happens that two of them are owned by heartless mega corporations. But it's that a... would uh, that would be uh, Image and Gold Key, right? Yeah, them them guys. But yes. we are uh, uh, Skull Kickers is a fun little sword and sorcery fantasy romp about a bald guy with a gun and a dwarf with an axe, and they beat up mon they they kill monsters for money and get embroiled in increasingly complicated problems that they just try to solve. They can't quite murder their way out of. <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. That, that, when there's not enough murder to go around. There's not quite enough murder to go around to make it all go away. I think we, we the universe is, is totally waiting for a Skull Kickers Rat Queens crossover. I, I think it is like we, we need that. That that is a thing that needs to happen. I I sincerely hope that uh once Mr. Zub is done doing his half of the Conan Red Sonia crossover, uh that happens. That mm-hmm. that de- that is definitely a thing that needs to yes. needs to go down. I have not read the Conan Red. Very Sonya. sad to hear that his Samurai Jack series is coming to an end soon. Ah, why must Samurai Jack always get canceled on me? Makes me sad every time. <laughs> <laughs> because you've been bad, Scott. You're a bad person, and you've done bad things. <sighs> I yeah, I've I've done bad bad things, I'm and that's kidding. why I can't He's have more. Piece. I can't have more Samurai Jack because I'm a bad person. That's really what it comes down to. That's really it. The universe must suffer for your perfidy. There we go. There is a universe without me, and which, as such, has you know more Samurai Jack and other enjoyable cartoons. I'm pro- it's probably my fault that Young Justice died too somehow. I don't know what you did, but god damn it, Young Justice is a is a kick hard show. Yeah. Uh, so that I think that's going to be the first time in a while we've heard Justin say nice things about a DC property. I frequently have nice things to say about DC properties. Young Justice is great. Uh, I'm enjoying Arrow and Flash, and even a little bit of Gotham. All right, there we go. You know, I will. Uh, you know, <laughs> they, I'm not saying they're perfect. Far from it. They are DC. Yeah. But uh, how many days has I it occasionally, been? I occasionally find them. Like... <laughs> I have not checked that in days. Uh, let, let's just double check for posterity. Okay, 48 days without doing something stupid right now. 48 days without that, somebody noticing them do something stupid. Prior to that, it had been two days. Jesus. <laughs> Has DC Comics done something stupid today? They have now canceled more than 52 titles since the start of the new 52. Ow. That is intensely beautiful. Ah, uh, well... <clears throat> The only way to fix that is to revisit the worst parts of the 90s, right? Armor and pouches? Um, no, that that's their thing. They're going to do crossovers with, like, 90s events. So Death of Superman and Cal Jordan is evil. It's not going to be good. Yeah, but isn't that linking out of the... Isn't it linking out of the Grant Morrison thing, so it'll be delightful? Yeah, but Grant Morrison can't write all of it. It's not how it works. The Grant Morrison thing will be delightful, and everything else will be kind of there. I'm sure he can. Uh, he will be the rising tide that raises other ships. I don't know. I don't know. But enough about DC doing stupid things. 
We are here to discuss some vintage yes. television. Yes, this television is now vintage. vintage. It is now... It's not quite old enough to drink yet, right, but just... getting there. I was... It, it can drive. It can drive. It, it does have a driver's license. But we are talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, you know, make it. Yep. What a great show that was. It was a fine series. You know, I, I don't even mind the week season. The week Yes. Both of them. But yeah, no. I mean, overall. Both, yes, the well, you're afraid. Season 1's kind of rough. The uh, the UPN and the CW series? Yeah, well, no, season 1's a little rough and then there's season 6 which you, you just don't mention too much and then Five, seven was mostly okay. I'm flashing to season six. Season six, that was the dudes, right? Yeah, that that was the dudes and the 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 awkward romances and the ending, which was weird and and magic as drug addiction. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get to that. Let, let's start at season one, which was just like, hey, the writers really hadn't figured it out yet. Why don't and, we start with the movie? Oh, okay. Well, let's start with the movie. Um. Donald Sutherland is in it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's an asshole. Well, I mean... Well, you know, according to Whedon, he's an asshole, so... I, I suspect that they... I suspect that those two men would have clashing personalities, and that Donald Sutherland is maybe a bit of a tool by Canadian standards. I think he was just not thrilled to be working in a genre piece. That is true. I think he was like, what is this stuff you kids are, your kids have got me doing? I am playing a watcher. Do I fix watches? What's going on here? I, I have... And that, someone says, I've no, counted, Mr. Sutherland. I have counted all of my lines. I say vampire like 15 times a page. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll admit, I own that. Haven't watched it in years. I don't know if I'm missing anything. I did like Pee-wee. Yeah, Pee-wee was good in that, and uh, Christy Swanson is attractive, and... um, She is a handsome woman, and uh, Rucker Hauer. Rucker Hauer is, of course, excellent at everything. Yes. And then... um, He he elevates everything to his level. Yeah. I mean, and and that's kind of it. I mean, it's a movie. Yeah, it was was a movie... I don't know if you told me at the time that uh, I would be enjoying a television show based on that movie, that I wouldn't have laughed at you and asked you to stop doing whatever you're doing before you cause significant brain damage. But yeah. it uh, it had a good soundtrack. What was on it? Oh, a bunch of 1992 stuff. Yeah. All I can... No, I, I actually do yeah. dig it. All I, remember... All I can remember from it was... <clears throat> Ooh, no, the... Yes. The movie. Doom, 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 doom. Sorry. Uh, all I remember is the Dream Warriors cover of Man Smart, Woman Smarter. There were a few covers in there. There was like a Susanna Hoffs oh, thing of an Ogno Bungo and a cover of I Fought the Law. Better than the Crickets, not as good as The Clash, which is about where every cover of I Fought the Law <laughs> falls into. Just, just going to throw it's that out there. Spectrum. Well, it's a broad spectrum. You have the original and uh, you have the definitive and at both ends. <laughs> there's a Divinal song. Is I ain't going to eat out my heart anymore an original or was that a uh, I think that as well. I I I think that's an original and I suspect it got picked just for the title. Just just for that title. <laughs> oh no, that's also a cover. That that's that's recorded that was a Young Rascal co- Young oh, Rascal's Mark. track. Young Rascal. 
I have no idea. Light Comes Out of Black, performed by Rob Halford, written by Rob Halford. Who doesn't like Rob Halford? Rob Halford, probably. But yes, it, yeah. <laughs> self-loathing is not pretty, Rob. Deal. Got to get through this, Robbie. We're here I mean, for you. I do know it, it was a it was a tape I listened to in my car on occasion, and I enjoyed it. So yes, and then it happened, and we went off on our lives because it would be five years before anyone tried to do anything with it. Well, the weird thing was is I watched the movie because it was I, the, the local video store. I, uh, would just put a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't popular on the bottom shelf. And you could grab like three, you could grab like five of them and have them for five days for $5. So I watched a lot of crummy horror movies because of that. So I watched this in like 1996. I watched it in 1996. And then a year later, I didn't think much of the movie other than the Pee Wee was awesome. And then a year later, all of a sudden, this TV show happens. And I'm like, why would anyone have done that? <laughs> why would anyone do that? I saw that movie. Why Why is this a TV why show? Why would you do such a thing? It was insane. Well, it it, it, it was mid-season, but I that wasn't enough in of a... You saw it in a drive-in. Wow. You found a drive-in in 1992. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Napanee drive-in. It was there for a couple years after that. Napanee is just basically... You know, a setting for a Ron Howard show. Yeah, but like some sort of weird parallel universe Canadian Ron Howard show. Yeah, the CBC equivalent of Happy Days. <laughs> With a little more racism. A little more. Well, I mean, Happy Days didn't have any Stage. black people on it. So I think the CBC would have to like bring in one native guy to be mean to. They'd do that yeah. too, dicks. Well, I don't know. I, I always thought, I don't know, Fonzie, deep down, he's uh. He's actually, you know, he's supposed he's supposed to be the, the the colored. Well, he was Italian, so. I mean that that's as ethnic as you could get in the fifties. Yes. <laughs> that's a pretty uh, far. See, that's a that's there's, quite. There's many jokes you can make, but they'd be all be horrible. <laughs> they'd all be terrible. That's that's quite the detour. We're socialists, yes. by the Buffy way. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy, Buffy. So, yes. um, so <laughs> I feel like. Okay, so season one's so kind of came r- on the TV. It came on the TV, and it was kind of rough. It, it, well, I mean, it started off. It was, it was not as good as it was going to be, but you could see it was good. I mean, there was like, it, it was turning into appointment viewing for some of my friends. I would call people up and I'd say, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "Cat dog, Buffy, click," and I'm like, "Okay." The, and that well, man grew up to be no. Well, uh, and th- this is it. Is I think the moment where it sort of clicked with me is even in the first episode where she does the thing where she throws the thi- something through a window. It's like you forgot about Dawn, and it's like it, it'll be in a, like four yes. hours, and then she stakes it. And I'm like, I have seen enough vampire movies to know this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That was that was that was spot on, and I think. Uh, the rest of season one kind of had to l- try to live up to that one moment, and I got close most of the time. It, it, it didn't quite it didn't quite make that to clear that bar. It didn't quite. It never cleared that bar. It like touched it, or it like made it over, and you know didn't stick the landing. But it it uh, it was it was pretty solid stuff. So I am not trying to be rude. I'm actually flipping through a book I have called Bite Me. Uh, about Buffy the Vampire Slayer only covers the first. Wait, no, there is. There's only six seasons, isn't there? No, there's seven. Seven? Yeah, seven. Da, 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 six, right? The Troika, and then, and then seven was when interesting things happened. Yes. Wow. Yes, it was. Uh, 
So season one, would you say it was establishing? I think it, I think started it, the show moving. It, it laid in a lot of things that would keep would stick around. Like obviously you had uh, the it it really fully established the Buffy Angel thing, which would matter in season two. I liked um, I think the whole high school as hell metaphor was a little too on the nose. Where you've got like this this parent is living vicariously through their child, except literally because witchcraft and body swapping. <laughs> Yes. That that was like there were a couple moments that were like that and I think there was there was one where it's like they go to a high school party and someone slips something in their drink and it, then they get sacrificed to Cthulhu almost. Or was that a season 2? Yeah. Uh good question. <clears throat> that might have been seasons rather. That might have been season 2. Got metaphors. Um the the like the other one was like Willow makes friends with a guy online and he turns out to be a tool except you know he's a robot demon. You know, because yes. robot demons. <laughs> but demonic robots or robot demons? You have to be clear. Uh, I, I think it was a robot that demon. Was, was that I, Robot, you, Jane? Yes. I'm going to say robotic yes. demon, not demon ro- robot. I don't know. <laughs> what are you chuckling at? I'm flipping through the book and... Uh... It turns out my wife has like gotten it signed by a whole bunch of the cast and stuff, and she's she's got a uh, post-it note on a picture of Alice and Hannigan as Willow, and like that's optimistic, dear. She's she's never gonna have to do a science fiction convention. She she I feel like she has um, invested her earnings wisely. You don't hear about her doing anything crazy or dumb. Well, not to mention she was on nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I'm saying if you 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 lay in a good investment plan yeah. on nine seasons of sitcom money, you probably do okay. Yeah, but yeah, but se- yes, it's a uh, no. Season one was good. The the each season is defined by the uh, the monsters that they fight in it. The big bad of the season. Yeah. So that this had so the master one was who the is the master's turn. Who who looked like Max Shrek and was stuck in a room. It was he was not intimidating is is what it came down to is he wasn't shrecky enough because he was you always kind of knew he was stuck in the room and then you know Giles would come out and he'd be like oh I've deciphered this prophecy and it means this thing about the master and he won't be stuck in the room anymore and then by the episode he's still stuck in the room so I'm like <laughs> this guy does not seem all that dangerous is what it came down well, to Well you know obviously if he's stuck in the room that's a good thing. We don't want him to get out of the room because if he gets out of the room, he will be running around causing havoc. Yeah, He's but causing. But then he gets out, and you know, he she still wins. So I don't know. Well, he's still more of a threat than Dracula. That that's that's true. But I'm just saying, he. You know what? His the room he was stuck in needed an armadillo for no reason. That's what that would have enhanced his Max Shrekiness. The random armadillo. Yes, a random armadillo. Because you know Nosferatu, there was there were armadillos on the Castle Dracula set. You can see. Was it in... filmed in the Southwest or? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, you know that you know if if you're in Europe, armadillos have got to be the most terrifying thing ever. <laughs> I suppose if I show you know what, let's find a bunch of Transylvanians and show them armadillos and see what they think. Let's find Romanians and ask them. I actually can do that. <laughs> you, a, a friend of mine, is married to a Romanian, so I will. I will set that up. I will set up a uh, test for that theory. All right. So report back in a month on that. 
Excellent. I shall. Okay. Science. So so season two when stuff gets good. Season two. Still no armadillos. No armadillos, but other stuff, and the stuff is good. <laughs> you gotta like them. Like this. Yes. Th- this had um. All right. Almost so little arts. Found... What what did I find? Yes. If you found the uh, metaphors for for growing up a little too on the nose in the first season, surely girl sleeps with a guy and he becomes a huge jerk. You must have set off some sort of radar. Or did oh, you, did oh you yeah, no, that to handle it. That that, that well, that they they spent like a whole year setting it up, but it's still like yeah. And there's even stuff with like um, like the the whole thing with um, Seth Green's character and being a werewolf. That was like you know, werewolf is adolescence is. I think someone's done that before and better. Ginger Snaps, that's what I'm thinking of. Ginger Snaps was yet to happen, but it's still... Oh, really? I think it, it worked okay. Seth Green. Here we go. Oh, yeah, it hadn't happened yet. We're Googling. It hadn't happened. What am I thinking? Okay. Woo-hoo. You win. You win this round. <laughs> Jetpack. Jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why we don't have jetpacks right now, is because everyone who came, comes close realizes that someone will win a bet, win an argument, glib maniacally, and jetpack off into something. <laughs> there will be too many jetpack accidents because of gloating. Uh, it would be the modern era microphone drop, only with severe head damage. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh we get Spike, and Spike uh, is fun. He's a fun antagonist. I'm gonna say that. He's a good antagonist, but god damn it, the ladies loved him a bit too much. Oh, I mean the the fandom That's went. All I'm gonna say. The, the fandom on this show is too far in some places. Too far. You know where you're I, going too far, I Buffy am... fans. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't care. I yeah, I have friends who are deep into the fandoms you know i was i was sort of a member of a couple groups of fans and it was like hey guys everyone's having a good time yeah what's wrong with you all but no spike was popular but well you know he was a good character yeah like he and uh he got better as the show went along too that is true um i was speaking of episodes that are a little too on the nose the the steroid fish thing that that which is how they got their black lagoon episode yeah it's like that was uh oh, that not one of their best although wet t-shirt yay <laughs> well yeah i'm just saying like if, if you're gonna stretch for a black lagoon episode because they, they 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 also did a mummy episode in this one she was inking which i don't know Ink and Mummy Girl, one of the was part of the first season, and uh, a good. It was I thought it was a good one. Oh, no, that one was that fine. I, recall. I mean, it, it it seemed okay. I think it was. Oh, no, that it was season two, but it was also, also second season. Sorry. Yeah, it was also part of that trend of uh, Xander falls for a girl, except you know she's a monster. Well, that seemed to be pretty consistent throughout the run of the show. I know that was weird. Why? Why? Why does that keep happening to Xander? Even uh, because he's Whedon's viewpoint character, and Joss Whedon hates himself. He has some issues with women in his life, doesn't he? There's something deeply Freudian uh, about this whole thing, isn't there? <laughs> I've, I've never gotten an opportunity to sit him on a couch and ask him about his mother. But it's entirely possible there could be some some deep background in there that we don't know about. Probably. 
Don't offer him a cigar while he's on your couch. But that's I I will not. I will keep that on my off list. Uh, but season two was good. The big bad of that season was in fact Buffy's boyfriend Angel, who is a dick. Turned out to be under a curse. Well, he he you know it was perfect, but he was under a curse that if he experienced true happiness. He would lose his soul. I'm like, why would you curse someone like that? That is a weirdly specific like, you know, curse. You're punishing him. That, that's a weird it's punishment. Like you're punishing him for, yeah. Like, okay, you want him to so be tormented. You him... Like, you want eternal torment over the guilt of what he's done. I get that. This this is perfect. This is ironic punishment. Yeah. I appreciate that. Why have an escape clause? And why have that escape clause be, okay, if he f- enjoys himself once... He's back to being a bad guy. Why not? He he just catches fire. Like you need a contingent curse. I'm just saying, that... as as curse structures go, it may not have been the strongest. It it, it you you we can agree on that. Yes, that is weird. And you know, after now having been freed from the guilt of being an angsty vampire for centuries, uh, he just he wants to end the world. I don't know why. Yeah. His motivation may not have been entirely clear, but it was a bad thing. He wanted to do a bad thing. He was a bad guy, and he wanted to do a bad thing. And, it, of course, it gives us one of the best moments with Spike and Buffy's mom, where it's like, do I know you? You hit me with an axe once. Oh. <laughs> Buffy's mom is overlooked as an awesome character in this show, but Buffy's mom is pretty cool. <laughs> yes, and she does anchor one of the best episodes of the series, that is true. Even though she spends the entire thing dead. Ah, oh. man, I hope no one's listening to this before they watch the show. At, at this point, now you that should just—it's on Netflix. Make some time. It's almost twenty years old. Don't say that. That makes us seem older. And nothing makes me seem older. And you know what makes me seem older? Being old. <laughs> Stop uh, it. Uh, there we go. Who's the episode with the judge? That was in season two. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. The judge was the dude in the box, right? Oh, okay. It is like, yeah. Played by uh, Brian Thompson. It was it was Innocence. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I liked that. I, I kind of wish that had happened a little, like, a couple more times in the series where it's just like, ancient shit does not, is not quite up to snuff by modern standards. It's like, no mortal weapon can kill it. Well, mortal yes. weapons are better now. I'm not saying Buffy needs a rocket yes. launcher every year, but I'm saying, let's play with that idea more. I think once a year would have been good. I think what, one rocket launcher like per year. a level break where she pulled out a rocket launcher? Yeah, it's like the F word on, uh, on The Walking Dead. You get one a season, so make it good. Buffy gets one rocket launcher every season. Make it good. <laughs> But the, uh, it could be for that. Splat. That that was that was another great moment. I think, yeah. What's that do? <laughs> Good old Brian Thompson. Good old Brian Thompson. And then, Did he ever appear on the show again? That's a good question. Uh, well, he played Luke actually in the beginning of the show. He was the uh, the master's minion who got killed. Okay. Uh, but no. He next appeared on Charmed, then Birds of Prey. Yeah, hardworking guy. He also appeared on Kindred the Embrace, the show which would have been great to cross over with Buffy. Uh, that, well, you know what? Kindred got pretty good by the last five episodes, once they got rid of the annoying viewpoint detective guy. 
I don't know. I, th- I think they, they were pretty much – they had C. Thomas Howell, like, you know, you couldn't get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. yes, nope. You know, I'm surprised that they didn't. They weren't hesitant to run Buffy after that less than. St- I think that maybe that's why Fox didn't go with it. Yeah, they're like, we tried the vampire thing last season. It didn't work. That 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 feels right. I think UPN was a new network willing to really just try anything. Not UPN, the CW. God, except it would have been the WB at that point. I don't know. Fuck it. Words. Yeah. Um, to present that the WB. That that's what the CW's lineup is missing the the little frog dancing around every every hour. That's what it really needs. <laughs> they could have kept them, but they didn't want to. <sighs> it's terrible. So season season three. Season season three. I I think we can agree that that was the high point of the show. It, it is the best. one. I don't think the show got worse, but it it is it's the... just difficult for anything else to be that good. Yeah, it it is just like hey. Um, we're going to introduce, like, evil mirror universe Buffy and have crazy, upbeat demon mayor. Like, I, I'm i I'm actually going through uh, the episode. Harry Groner as the mayor was so good. Oh, that was so good. Like him. Eliza Dushku was Faith. Strong stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm actually going, I'm going down the episode list and I really can't see, uh, there's none that I go, oh, that, that one's unfortunate. No, they're all fun. I like all of these. Oh, that one. Like I I, I like the homecoming post episode that was okay. Oh, the the homecoming episode was Band good. Band candy was awesome. Band candy was wonderful. Um, let's see. Uh, Anya comes back or like An- a wish, of course. Yeah, Anya come yeah. gets introduced, and that's a great episode. The Zeppo is oh yeah. man, that that is epic television right there. Helpless was an interesting one. That was the one where the where the watchers. Make oh. her do some, make her fight a vampire without her power. That seems like a dumb thing to do. Like, I, I realize the Watcher's Council is incredibly stupid, but it seems like the Watcher's Council you know, is not an effective character with the Watcher's Council. Yeah, they they are not an effective body of demon slaying facilitators by most by most measures one might have of demon slaying demon slaying facilitators. But that's just like hey. Let's let's lock people in a room with a vampire with no powers and see how they do. That that that's how well, you know I mean, you're they, worthy. They've got worthy. experience in vampire murder at that point, right? You know, they're like, yeah, we're gonna. Uh, and it is we're and, gonna take these vampire murdering guys and let them just fight a vampire without any strength. It just seems like a poor idea. I mean, they've already established that slayers don't live to past twenty-two, anyhow. Right? Yeah. Like it's that's not a job that comes with a good retirement package. There's no retirement package on this. So let let's just make this a little more dangerous. And I mean I realize this is Buffy's era where, you know, everyone's just staking vampires now. Like you get to graduation day and you've got an entire yeah. high school class that can just ace these suckers. They are mooks by that point. They pop out of the ground with and three will... dots of kung fu and any if anything so much as a toothpick gets near the left <laughs> nipple, they're done. Oof. Well, I mean, they did they did do a lot of harm to the graduating class of Sunnydale that year. Yeah, but it's still the lowest death Sunnydale rate. Sunnydale class of 99. Lowest, lowest death rate. Lowest death rate of any class, though. Well, yeah, because she was there, it was not 100%. <laughs> so that was a plus. And then there was Earshot, which... Uh, oh, that was a good one. Slightly controversial episode. At the time, yeah. Yes. Now it's about ethics in games journalism. Uh, 
Oh, who the hell would go street racing in a Prius? <laughs> Explain to me. Uh, the guy's not right in the head. The fact that he thinks a Prius outright is a com- fair competition for a motorcycle it is just one more demonstration of that fact. He needs help before he hurts himself or somebody else. But yes. There we go. Uh, the entire arc of season three was a delight. It is the delightful. The plans coming and going and uh, the cast's great. Uh, I just want to once again say that Harry Groner was such a delight. Uh, got to meet him at a convention once. Just a peach. Wouldn't mind catching him on Broadway. I'm sure he can carry a tune like nobody's business. But Eliza Dushku uh, began her long and tormented relationship with Joss Whedon in this season. There you go. You know... We would eventually get to see her as and and obviously this this Please go ahead. The, the this show does occasionally get the odd Emmy nomination and I look at and I see that there's a nomination for the Zeppo right here and I'm like oh yeah cuz it was really well written and well for acted makeup. and it's for makeup and I'm like that guy wasn't even a good zombie. <laughs> that guy was not a convincing zombie. God damn it. <laughs> well, you know, television special effects in 1999 were not exactly hardcore. No, but like the, this show had this excellent like, this show had pretty solid makeup, and I'm just saying, you could have picked one that was more makeup-intensive than the Zeppo, because that just had the one zombie kid, and he was not all that great by the standards of zombie. I I can't recall the details of it, so I will take your definite word for that. And then we got season four, which was different. Season four? Uh... Anything would have been a letdown after season three. Yeah, that that's true. I, Especially season, season four. They, it's like they then had to change a lot of things. They they had to find excuses to keep characters around at the same time. Like, what does Giles do now that he's not a high school librarian? We can't just have him be Mister Feeney and perfectly capable and allowed to teach university classes. And you know, you've you've got they bring Spike back because of course you bring Spike back, but it's like how do we keep him as an active member yeah. of the cast? Well, let's give him a chip in his brain that doesn't let him do cool stuff anymore. Let's put an in, let's put an intel inside. Yeah. You know what? I, I bet mean, the were, U I bet uh, the yeah, I bet established I bet that the US government uh secret demon labs actually just buys AMD. I bet they they're that level of evil. Yeah. Those jokes. Uh, but, you know, looking at season four, uh, <laughs> Wikipedia's episode descriptions are horrible. Oh, okay. So uh, there's Beer Bad, which. Um, yeah, that's universally reviled. Like, well, I just got to love that they make this stupid episode so they can run a PSA at the end so they can earn money by being a PSA, having a PSA episode. And then, like, not even. The mad likes it enough to give it money. Oh my goodness. Beer bad. Literally, the title of the episode is Beer Bad. No comma. They should have had someone get into a car. (laughs) Okay. Written by Tracy Forbes, Canadian screenwriter and producer. Well, there you go. She co-created, wrote, and executive produced Cracked, which was an interesting cop show. Uh, I don't think those words go together. Eliminated... Yeah, let's write Oz off. Yeah, he he'd kind of run his course. Uh, then the initiative, and uh, I and I I don't think Green really wanted to be on the show as a regular at that point. Yeah, um, 
the initiative gets established. I thought the initiative was a great idea. May not have been executed as well as it could have. That that's basically what I'm like. I think there's something we. I think once you have sort of an urban fantasy universe, you have to start questioning it. You know, people are going to ask questions, and you're going to think about those questions, and you're going to say, no, no, the government totally knows about demons, and this is what they do with demons, right? And it doesn't go well. Yeah. On the other hand, we did get Hush. Well, we got we got something blue. One of and, the best episodes. Well, we got something blue, which is uh, Comedy Gold. Yes. And Hush. Da, 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 da. Which is which is a really good, like... That's Randy a, Giles, why do you hate me so? Uh, that's a good month of television there. Is, yeah. You know, from something blue to Hush, and Hush is fun. I, th- I think the problem with uh, the the latter the latter Buffy is that you never you get standout episodes, but not a standout year is what it comes down to. Yeah, we get uh, we get a, an Ethan Rain episode where Giles is a demon. Good. Those two are always yes. <laughs> Giles is a demon, so he gets to hang out with Spike some more. Yes, this year's girl, which was a great two parter. Oh yes, the the uh, where Faith uh, Faith does a comes body back. switch with Buffy. Faith comes back and also yeah. body swap. And man, you know she does a really good job playing Buffy in Faith's body. I but wonder like, if Keller that does such a better job playing Faith in Buffy's body. Well, it's almost like that episode led to some sort of other personal uh, personality swap TV show somewhere down the line. Just saying. Perhaps it could have been a warning that such an idea might have been stronger handled by somebody other than Eliza Dushku. Sorry, Eliza. Love you. Yeah. Um. There, there's the episode that is about fan fiction. I liked that one. Superstar? Superstar. The, the Mary Sue fan best. fiction episode. And I'm like, yes. Because, you know, you, you, you spend yeah. time in the fandom, you come across it. You spend time in the fandom, you can't avoid it no matter how hard you try. Yeah. Um... We we get you know Willow Willow just sort of disappears to become a lesbian this year is what it comes down to is she's not actively involved in the plot so much as just doing really suggestive uh, thaumaturgy once an episode. I'm I'm just trying to remember her in season four and I don't know I mean it is she it could have been but uh, I I thought I remembered her being a stronger core part of the series. But, no, you know, it could have been not in season four. Like that was so the Buffy Riley show. It wasn't funny because it wasn't funny. <laughs> well, I mean, even 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 where the wild things are, they had uh, where the wild things are was about you know uh, they basically took Buffy and Riley off center stage and had everyone else trying to rescue them, even though it was one of the weaker episodes. Yeah, it, w- it was a bad episode uh... to try that with. I think, especially because okay, I don't like Tara. Is what it comes down to is Tara never really integrated. Really? With... See, Tara never had a dynamic with the group. She had a dynamic with Willow, and that's all she who the only character she interacted with. Like Xander could wander in and share words with Tara, but they wouldn't be they wouldn't be character banter. They wouldn't be interesting. You never got a, a an idea of how they related to each other. It was just like I'm Tara and I have exposition, and I'm Xander and I'm gonna say something funny, and we won't pronounce the demon's name the same way. Because you know, you you don't you don't get you don't be a stickler about your demon pronunciation on network television. Yeah. Did you know Jonathan Levinson has a, a entire Wikipedia page dedicated to him? That's weird. Yeah. Like again, I would, I would Wikipedia see him as is being 
Like, Wikipedia has a fan-cruft problem, but I feel like Buffy has enough people backing it to survive some edit wars. <laughs> I'm looking at the talk page. Oh. Very short. <laughs> uh, untitled. His last name is Levinson. Check IMDb. Jewish question mark? Uh. Which question mark? I'm not sensing a lot of passion in these questions is all I'm saying. Yeah. And then, but, uh, then the season ends. No, he was he was good. Yeah. yeah, with a big well, the season the arc ends with a big fight. And then we get one of the best episodes of the season, where they have crazy ghost dreams. We have crazy ghost dreams about the first layer. Like that that was that was fun. That was it. And, uh, it reminded me of the weird dream episode of Mash. Was what it reminded me of. If you ever saw that one, uh, if I did, it was quite some time ago. What was what was the subject of those dreams? Uh, well, it went from character Did it to help everyone learn something important about themselves. Yes, it went from character to character, and they had a whole weird thing. Like each one had its own particular flavor of weird, and you know, it doesn't run in syndication much because it's too weird for that. I think. <clears throat> and yeah, and then at the end of the episode, we're introduced to Dawn, who was a welcome addition to the show. I'm sure someone liked her, right? Well, not at the end of the episode. We were introduced to her at the end of the first episode of season five. Oh, why did I think she? Why did I think she was there when they woke up? I don't know. She was mentioned during Buffy's dream when Faith is talking about little sister. Okay, that might have been that might have been it. But yeah, Don shows up season five after the Dracula the big fight, fight versus Dracula. Just why not fight I'm Dracula? Still here. Steak. <laughs> why not fight Dracula? They really punked Dracula out. They jobbed him. You know, I think there's nothing you could do. Okay, so in Buffy, the only thing you can do with Dracula is make him the biggest, baddest thing ever. Or you job him completely. And I think jobbing yeah. might have been the better way to go at Which this point. Did. He shows up in the uh, in the graphic novel series. We'll get oh, to that. Boy, I can't wait to talk about those. We'll get to that. So season five is another uh, one. Oh, yes. Season yeah. five is another one where you have really good episodes like um uh what, what am i thinking the body obviously the body is probably one of the best of the series full full stop i like the gift yeah but there, there's not a solid arc across the whole year because harmony's a fun villain but it's just like she's too silly to be the big bad evil thing fool for love was a really good episode oh yeah that that was it um Anya comes back and she's uh, also listening to fear. Listen. Really bad. Oh, that was the that was the only alien episode, right? Yeah, that's terrible. Aliens summoned by men. That's that's terrible. <laughs> and into the woods, where they decide that uh, having Buffy have a decent man in her life is too much, so they get rid of him. In a total character derail, as much as Riley had character. Yes. Yeah. Um. Anya comes back, and that's good. They fight a troll. That was neat. Which episode? Did... Oh God, yes. The big where they flash back to her early part where she likes bunnies and. Well, like e even just the fact. Which that... one was the Which one was the Halloween episode? Did we miss that? No, that's in season six. I want to say. But no, that they did. Okay, the, the one with the fear demon. Yeah. Um. Nope that was that was season four. Sorry, we did miss that. Oh, that fear was... itself. Okay, that was that one was kind of meh. That was not good. Uh, there's, there. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, 
wasn't as good as the previous Halloween episode, but it was still enjoyable. And the tiny demon. Buffy, don't taunt the fear demon. It's rude. Uh, well, and and I think Stu- Anthony Stewart has become the voice of just understated Britishness on the show. He is no longer showing up with the Book of Thoth to exposit. He's just like, don't do that. It, it, it's not nice. It's just being dreadfully British about everything. Had he... Had he bought the magic shop by season five? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, season six. I I think that magic shop shop is season five. Okay, because that's where they all hung out. Because that one. Because you you only get so much money for sets. Yes. And this gave us the robot Build duplicate. One, make it nice. This gave us Warren's robot girlfriend's Robin's Warren's robot duplicates oh. that he just makes. Yes, I was made to love you. Which was a good episode, and would you like to know who was originally supposed to play April? I would like to know this. Britney Spears. That would have been delightful. Apparently apparently she and Geller were very good friends. There you go. And she was supposed to play that character on the show. I, I don't know how well it would have worked, but she was funny on How I Met Your Mother. So See, I'm just imagining perhaps April that, uh, the Robot her... Girl as that character from How I Met Your Mother, and I'm like, no, that's amazing. Do that. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, seriously, you look at what Warren can do, and it's like, why don't you... He's the classical supervillain who will just, like, not stop for five seconds and think, man, if I go work for some sort of private industry, I could I could have enough money that it would boost my self-confidence, I'd be able to have sex with actual women. Like, like you, you look at him, it's like, you well, know, no. if you, you can rewrite DNA on the fly, why aren't you curing cancer? Because I want to turn people into dinosaurs. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yes. All about turning people into dinosaurs, Sauron, you schmuck. And then there's <sighs> the body, which is excellent, and then forever, which is not. And the body, which was heartbreaking. I don't know. Forever wasn't that bad. I, you needed to have. It was, a, it was needed to have a breather. You do have to breathe after that episode, but I just think it's like eh, maybe Spike is not the guy who gives people <clears throat> advice about mortality. Well, I mean, it's like. What do you do in a world where you know people can be resurrected from the dead, where necromancy is a thing that you've got? How do you? But it's like, no, I just want to go back. The Body, such a good episode. Like, I, I'd like to think, uh, highly acclaimed by critics, did it get any awards? Probably it nominated not. for anything. Makeup, makeup, obviously. Oh, thing, reception. So, oh no, it was so good. Like, you know. People can complain about Geller's performance all they want, but that episode, right there, boom. Okay, Nebula Award. Didn't she win it, but... Rapes. Right. <sighs> Fucking nerds, man. Can't even... Can't even... Themes. Grief. Yes, that was definitely an episode about grief. Ah, uh, in Nikki Stafford's analysis, the reactions of Buffy, Don, Xander, Willow, Anya, and Tara represent stages of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross' five stages of grief. Wow, that's interesting. I'll have to talk to Nikki about that. That was, uh... but yeah, like no, no score. That I mean, just strong performances, strong writing, written and directed by Joss Whedon, who would go on to do many good things. <laughs> many, many good things. Are we going to talk about how fans? Are we going to talk about how fans just love turning on him? Like, I what the hell is like up he with that? Them personally, what the like? I get like he made a couple really good TV shows, and then. He like anyone else, he doesn't quite hit his hit his heart on the next couple, and then I don't know. People are people are stupid and wrong, is what it comes down to. 
you know, and he and then he makes one of the most successful movies ever. Yes, with help. And also does a really good superhero film with help. You know, he he deals with a good cast and stuff. But you know, he... I'm just saying, Marvel's got a good good group of producers right now. Yes. We'll see how well that lasts. I mean, hey, Ant Man's. Uh, no. What I'm saying, they, they can't all be winners. Thor two. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, oh, I don't. Thor two. You know what that could have movie could have used. A bad guy. A bad guy, yeah. You know what season six could you used? A you bad know, guy, eh? A bad guy. <laughs> uh, we're, we're not done with season five, though, yeah? Okay. Uh, the Knights of Byzantium, you know, that was that was the one with the big truck top fight scene, which was good. And uh, the end of the gift was a good episode. Yeah. And it was... Uh, who was the baddish guy on this? Who was the great dramatic musical actor? Joel Gray. Joel Gray did a few good scenes in that. Did a few good scenes in that episode in that season. Speaking of people, I have to catch up with. But uh, no, season five. It had up points. It had down points. Uh, it started strong. It ended strong. It spiked a few points in the middle. And, yeah. uh, well, and I think this is kind of like the highlight of, you know, yeah. it, it's Joss Whedon kind of has to split his attention between two shows. And so they only, they're they only, you know, yeah. half good now-ish, if you get my meaning. Well, the, you know, the, the production crew he had working on it, the people he had working with him, they were all talented TV people. Uh, David Solomon and uh, James Cotner co-produced it with him. Jane Espenson was working as supervisor producer, although I think uh, Marty Nocton was executive producer, so David Fury. You know, they... You know, it, it's strong, good people, you know, they, but they're, it's, they're t- it, but it, it feels like it is Joss driving this to be better every time. So when you see him get two shows at once, one of Without them... His- one of them kind of starts to slack a yeah. little, is what I'm saying. Because you see it again. Without his vision, without his hand on the wheel. Like, I'm just saying, he comes in and he tweaks things on every episode, even if he's not listed as writer. Like, people, like, all other writers on the show will say, Oh, I, I love this episode you did. I love this line. Where did it come from? And they'll think about it. It's like, oh, Joss came into the room and wrote that. Oh, maybe I'm not good at this. <laughs> You're fine, writer dude. Don't you worry. Yeah. Just... Oh, wow. So Anthony Stewart had definitely minimized his participation in the series this season. He was only in eight episodes. Jeez. Uh, it looks like everyone was in every episode except Emma Caulfield missed one, uh, possibly while filming that horror movie that was supposed to launch her film career. And Amber Benson was only in 17 episodes and ended up dying in one of them. Yep. So that was... Once again, once more with feeling, the musical episode. Can we that, say one of the best musical episodes ever done on any TV show ever? Yeah, no, it, it's up there. Definitely, definitely a great one. But yeah, like um, and, you know, uh, the I, I'm, magic I'm, addiction. That that's that's a, really a weird metaphor to introduce this late. Okay, Double Meat Palace, I liked. Yeah, that was good. You know, it also established the fact that uh, you, you know, th- th- was it Double Meat Palace that had the uh, the bit where Anya says, "Why don't you just get paid for it, like Spider Man?" And Xander goes, "No, action is his reward." <laughs> yes, that's probably that's right. Good. That's probably right. 
Spider-Man doesn't get paid. This is a recurring issue for Spider-Man. Nope. That's why Buffy has to take pictures of herself fighting vampires. Oh, wait, no. Wait, no. Spider-Man's career for several decades basically consisted of him taking selfies. There you go. If you hadn't thought about it before, that's it. That makes his web, his web fluid is the original selfie stick. Ah, ah, uh, ah, ah. No, sorry. Nothing there. Yeah, I mean... I, and I, like... I wonder if he actually has to like work to keep himself... I wonder if he works to keep himself in focus. Like, you know, it's like, uh-oh, my, my flash is going to go off in 20 seconds. I need to get the Green Goblin 20 feet that way. Uh, it always seems like dumb luck is on his side. He's good at picking his angles. I'd appreciate it if he had, like, three cameras. Yeah. That might be... Like, now that it, now that he's gone digital, I'm just like, okay, whatever, man. You're, you're, you're just running a shot every three seconds and picking the good ones. I, I'll buy it. Yeah. Okay, but the thing that drives back me... Back in the film days. Not so much. So back to season six. I, I the thing that gets me is I actually like the trio as a recurring antagonist that just jobs out in our total jokes. But having them be the air quotes yeah. primary threat of the year is just like wow, you've got some substandard character drama and a substandard villain all wrapped up in one nice little package, don't you? <laughs> well, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious that they weren't really that threatening. I mean, it's like the worst thing they ever did was put her in a time loop and you know or the various things they did in that episode and it didn't really you know it frustrated her as much as anything else they are a frustration yeah i mean they were a frustration and they you know the the buffy and her gang realized that and they eventually realized it and jonathan just couldn't handle that he was not that important i'm sorry warren warren warren, warren escapes with a jetpack there you go the jetpack <laughs> Because jetpacks. He shows up with a gun. Like, that's and, it. It's uh, yeah. summoning demons and getting people locked in time loops. It's like, you know what? No, let's just bring guns to this fight. And, uh... So, yeah, the, uh... It, it doesn't go well. I mean, I think, I think that having the ultimate... The power magic thing, the addiction thing, I think it pays off, but it doesn't play as well during the run of the thing. Having Willow go Dark Phoenix. See, that you know, was in... a good story that, that gets told that, a time again. That's a good story, and I appreciate that it's like, why, why is Xander still around? It's like, because he can hug the Dark Phoenix away. Yeah, literally. Yellow crayon save the world. Yep. But, uh, yes. So season seven, which brings us back it's to high school. Not as not as much as they in, as they led you to believe it would in the first episode. Yeah, that's First true. First episode made you think it would be about Don and her friends fighting things. And then you kind of go back to, the you know, they start setting up the uh, first one. Yeah. I forgot a lot of stuff in there. Oh, man, all the all the Slayerettes, yeah. all the potentials. They, they were fun. <clears throat> okay, good. I was terrified for a second there. I was like, oh, Felicia Day's character has a... Has a fucking Wikipedia page? But yeah. no, she's just on a list of minor Buffy the Vampire Slayer characters. Well, good. Something makes sense in Wikipedia land. Yeah. But season seven, it uh, it really didn't... I'm just looking at the ratings. They were still pulling in decent numbers. They got 5 million, 4.9 million for the series finale. 
I so think that was good. I, th- I think this was the one. This was the season they, where they they actually transitioned Buffy to being an adult, and that was that was the moral of the story. I think an adult with a big axe. Yep. Well, axes. Uh, you know, axes are just handy. Never hurts to have an axe handy. Um, a handy a, axe. A handy axe. There you go. And uh, uh, we get Nathan Fillion as Caleb. That was fun. The worst. The worst priest ever. Uh, I'm just looking over it. It's, you know, it's like, I remember some of it. Like, you know, I remember Philly and Caleb in that. I remember him gouging out Xander's eye. I remember the series finale where all heck gets loose. And yeah, it, uh, I, I like remember Andrew coming Willow back. Must face her own... Yes. But yeah, Andrew the... coming back and, uh, murdering Jonathan. Whoops. Whoops. He deals with that eventually, right? Yeah, kinda. Like, mostly by just being tied to a chair and have to talk about his problems for a while. Conversations with dead people. That was a good one. That was a good episode. Uh, Trying to remember Selfless. Uh, Storyteller was really good. You know, a tolerable found footage episode in a TV show. Tolerable found footage. Think about that. (laughs) Well, found footage wasn't really a big thing yet, was it? I mean... Uh, 2003, Blair uh, Witch had hit. Blair Witch had only been out a couple of years prior, I think. But, you know, it. Uh, some shows are entirely found footage. I would like to point you at Cops. And the entirely enjoyable X-Files, X-Cops episode. And that one episode of Supernatural where they were on a Ghost Hunter show. Taking your word for it. Was that good? Was that enjoyable? It was a good episode of Supernatural. But yeah, I mean, it comes to an end, and I think the the season finale, the series finale, is pretty satisfying. Yeah, it does. It does a good job. Although I do remember how they set up the uh, the proto vampires. I can't remember what they were called. I think they were proto vampires, or perhaps uber vampires. There, there was some just sort of like random Greek prefix. They were like, and they were like the great villains, the great nemeses, and. Turn out not to be that bad. Everyone gets you know, to kill one. Everyone. Then they, everyone except Anya. Oops. Oops. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> oh, that was the season that had Xander's wedding. Yeah, that was season six. Right, Xander yeah. and Anya's wedding. That didn't happen. Was that season six or season seven? That was in season six. Yes. Okay. That failed. Uh, today and failed marriages. Yeah. It never actually got off the ground. So yeah, season seven. They did. I I was satisfied with the series finale, but apparently the the series finale, but apparently not Dark Horse. I only got like halfway through season eight. Yeah, they couldn't just let leave it. Couldn't leave it be. I I read I I read the whole thing and it just got unpleasant. I did not enjoy it. Was uh, I don't think it was a successful relaunch of the series. I mean, I know that it was. I know that it definitely had uh, it had Whedon's hand on the tiller. I don't know if that was something I should blame him for, you know, because I know he can do good comics work. Well, and this is it: is it's it's and Whedon and Brian K. Vaughn. Like it's Whedon and Brian K. Vaughn, and I feel like with those two guys around, it shouldn't have gone as bad as it did. So I don't know, man. I blame Brad Meltzer. Okay, yeah, let's let's point it let's point it at him. 
We'll just, you know, put our thumbs down. Thumbs down, Brad Meltzer. You have a channel on the histories. You was the guy who wrote Identity Crisis, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're we're putting uh, that on him. And then they did season, then they kept going with season nine. I don't know what happened in season nine. Which is weird because season eight basically ended with the end of magic. Yeah, they 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 ruined everything. Did you ever try reading Angel and Faith? Uh it's something I keep thinking, you know what, that sounds like a fun book. Okay, in season nine, Spike has a spaceship. Spike has, has a spaceship. Well, I think that actually was at the end of eight, isn't it? I don't know. There, there, there are spaceships, is what I'm saying. It's not so much a spaceship as a. It's from hell. He got it from hell. He goes to space. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's a demonic spaceship. <laughs> that doesn't and make as it was better. Established in season five. There, I'm just. Not, I'm not trying to say it makes it good. I'm just saying this is where it exists. Of this is of what it is born. Hey, George Genty's art was delightful. He did a a good job. Yeah, I don't know. That that but, I don't know uh, why there's a season uh, nine and they're saying Spike got the... apparently season ten is happening. Well, here's the thing: there's a season nine because people bought season eight. There's a season eight because people like the TV show and Dark Horse thought they could make money off it. And now that they don't have Star Wars, they got to do something. Yeah, I mean, I know that Buffy was selling like hotcakes. I mean, it's like Buffy fans, comic stores would basically open the door and say, "Come in, Buffy fans, we love you." Hey, do you want to try these other things? Now, one thing I noticed is that there were 40 issues in this, and each season of Buffy only took 22 episodes. I think so, uh, I think they're uh, perhaps they found it difficult. To... That's still like 40 week, 40 months of. Co- that's weird. That's weird. I feel like 20. I feel like a 26 issue arc would would have been appropriate. Yeah, March 14th, 2007 was when the first one came out. Last one came out in January 2011. And that's four years of funny books. And season 10 is starting up in March. Nicholas Brendan is going to be writing it. That's weird. Oh, good. Something to keep him out of trouble. Uh, that that's that's I don't I'm not seeing him listed as a writer in anything else. That's weird. No, but he probably knows Xander as well as anyone. All right. He's had him living in his head for much of the past decade. Yeah, but I don't know how much, him out. how much how much Xander do you need in Buffy season ten? I don't know how how much they've done with him. Uh, you know, in season eight, he was uh, it was Nick Fury. It was Nick Fury, which was good, and he knew he was Nick Fury, and he loved that he was Nick Fury. Yes, man. But no, it was. Uh, I am going to say that the season eight graphic novels. I am glad that they kept the show and the franchise alive. Didn't enjoy them. Yeah, that, that's what it is. They let me down. They let me down. I mean, and I'm not going to, unless, I'm I'm going to see about Angel and Faith, And but until then, uh, we're going to talk about something else next week, and we'll come back to talk about Angel in a different episode. Cause that might, that'll be fun, because that's another one of my push-pull yes. love-hate series right there. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike International 3.0 license. Visit sbopodcast.com for more shows, contact information, and show notes. Thank you.